Today we talk about LGBTQ plus and transgender issues here on the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Here at NL Pulse, our mission is to help teens and young adults understand themselves, others, and the world in which they live. We're your hosts, Peter and Rachel, and we are so glad you're joining us today. And today we have with us transgender activists and LGBTQ activists and all of the most wonderful things in the world. One of my favorite people to follow, Rebel Marie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. So before we get into a little bit about your story and what you wanted to share with us today, I figured that the best place for us to start would be to talk about some of the terminology, because I would imagine that a number of our listeners are teens and young adults. They might be feeling certain things, but they don't necessarily know the terminology that is associated with those things. So one of the things that I did want to mention right off the bat is that sex, gender, and orientation are three completely different things. And they're not necessarily, those terms, the terminology between those things is often misconstrued and misused. And so I, I just want to, and correct, again, I'm not super literate in this as well. So I just want you to correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, but what I do know is what I have been learned. Uh, uh, what I have learned is that um, sex is basically what you're the parts that you're born with. Gender is the intrinsic and psychological feeling of what you feel you are, and then orientation is just what you're attracted to. Is that a pretty basic way to summarize those three things? Yeah, basically. Okay. In short, yeah. Okay. Um, so you have when we talk about orientation you like sexual orientation it's who you're attracted to and gender not only do you have an internal sense of gender but you also have an external sense of gender so your internal sense of gender may be different than what you externally uh, express um and so yeah and then the sex is um um we, we sometimes say biological or genetic but it can be more complicated than that right so um, one of the things that most people aren't aware of this, but um, the human population is huge. And everyone thought for a long time, you're born either male or female, but really you're born male, female, or intersexed. Right. And intersex it would be having either both genitalia or neither genitalia. Hmm. So that, was, that would be the definition of intersexed. Okay. And then the other one that I wanted to kind of talk about is what does cisgender mean and what does it mean to be transgendered? So cisgender is, um, it's an adjective describing, uh, it's, it's a Latin form of same side with. So you basically in short, it's cisgender is the, you identify with the gender that you were um, given or assigned at birth with. So, and then uh, transgender is an adjective used to, it's an umbrella term to kind of cover all the gender diverse populations and the gender expansive populations. Um, so you could have a person who is non-binary, but typically we kind of say there's transgender and non-binary. So like kind of sometimes two different camps. Okay. 
Yeah, I just wanted to go over those things at the beginning. So before we get going into the other the other questions. Okay, sounds good. So yeah, um, basically for myself, I am a trans person, um, meaning that I my I transitioned away from the gender I was assigned at birth. Um, um, there's different kinds of transgender people. You can have people who've legally transitioned, medically transitioned, and socially transitioned. And um, the medical one is like that's the business in between, like the person and their doctor, typically. And so the um, yeah, the other one is legally, uh, legally and socially. Um, due to discrimination, a lot of trans women don't legally um, transition until they're in a safe place. So. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good information. Um, kind of getting into like your experience. Um, the reason I really wanted to have you on Rebel is to, I just, first of all, I admire you so much. I've known who, like you were one of my counselors at Bible camp when I was um, a kid. And I remember just thinking you were the coolest person. And I really enjoyed the time that I spent with you then. Um, and then we reconnected a couple of years ago, which was really yeah. exciting. And I just, I just have a really strong admiration for you and the voice that you share. It's really important to me um, <clears throat> as a person of color to take up space in the Midwest, especially North Dakota, which is very um, non-diverse in a lot of ways. So it's really cool to me and really important to me that you are also somebody who shows diversity and takes up space and lives your true authentic self. Um, so I would love for you to share a little bit of your story growing up in North Dakota um, as a transgender person in your experience. And if there are any um, resources that you can provide to young people listening today um, where they can find help locally, nationally, whatever, just online. Um, but first, just kind of getting into it, like your experience, like as a kid and growing up and coming to terms with sure. your gender identity and sexuality. Um, so ironically enough, because gender orientation and sexual orientation are two different things. I've never actually really like explored my sexuality. I just never felt the need to sure. figure that out. Um, which is a lot of people are usually shocked by that because they're like, well, you're trans. You've had to have like a lot of stress over that. And I've had a little stress, but um, I was, I was married. Um, I was married before I started like coming out a little bit, like um, saying like, oh, you know, I have these feelings around gender. And then I got a divorce, <laughs> like mm -hmm. right away, the person left me right away. And then I, I met um, my current partner um, who I'm married to. And I told her about these feelings and um, she was like, oh, that's fine. Let's just navigate them. I got a hair in my face. Well, let's navigate them together as life goes on. That's fine. And so then I've just never had the need like, to expand on that further. But as far as gender goes, um, I can, oh, it's, it's been complicated. Mm -hmm. It's really complicated. Um, there are parts of it that start when I was very young, five years old, four years old. And then like I, due to the shame and the guilt, connected to that, I put a little bit of a kibosh to it. Then they, they reemerged around 10, 11, and kind of put that in a place for a long time. And then they, and then when I went off to college, there was a, there was a lot of, a lot of um, negative self-talk. 
I knew trans people existed because it was a time of YouTube, but I wasn't aware that, that there was different types of trans people. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the stereotypical trans person that I, that I saw. I remember watching YouTube where there was a person who was trans and who became a counselor and she was only working with trans clients. And I was like, I don't want to come out as trans because I don't want only trans clients. And mm-hmm. ironically now, like I would gladly, gladly accept that position. It was just my own internalized transphobia that was preventing it from happening. So when I was exploring, like this is high school age, I was exploring the internet for around trans identity. I was getting a lot of the the wrong resources, like a lot of resources saying like, this is how you're trans or this is how you can stop being trans. Because if you're in rural North Dakota, the logarithm is going to assume that you're trying to stop being trans or, you know, a lot of it was like how to get your son to stop being trans. Wow. And it's important that it's how to get your son to stop being trans because like even today they don't believe that there are trans men. So, Mm -hmm. um, but around this time, um, a former babysitter of mine transitioned and there was a lot of talk about how he, um, how he transitioned and the talk wasn't so negative, but it was still shameful. Like it wasn't like they're proud of this person. They were talking about this person in a, in a negative kind of way. Um, I was able to put that into a place where I don't necessarily like, I'm not proud of where I put that. And then um, I did a lot of things to try to like prove my, my straightness, my heteronormativeness. Um, it just didn't work. <laughs> and so um, a lot of them revolved around religion and religious trauma. Mm-hmm. But um, so when Rachel mentioned that I, I kind of disappeared for a while, <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. I accepted I was trans and um, there was a lot of resentment towards the church um, at one time. Like, because if you are a an LGBT youth and you go up to many ministers, they will say, I will guide you on this journey. And when they say that, be wary of that. Mm-hmm. Because if they say, I will support you on this journey, let me find someone to guide you. That's the healthy response. Right. <laughs> Especially if they're not trans themselves. Um, and yeah. So I came to terms with my identity, re kind of reemerged. And when I reemerged, I didn't, I didn't do it quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a year after I first went out in public, I landed on the front page of the Fargo Forum for um, rallying a bunch of people against a, um, a white supremacist organization that was coming to Fargo. We had about 2,000 people show up to this rally. I just I f- I felt so needed because my whole life I had been put into my place and here are these people trying to put pe- people in their place. And that's not right. Someone has to stand up against that. And the quote unquote, like the rest is history. But so that's a little bit about myself. I want to get into the nitty gritty of like uh, trans youth who are looking for resources. Mm-hmm. Um, what, the organization I used to head up was called Tri-State Transgender. And we started in the early 2000s, 2001. And um, we were mostly an adult group and um, unofficially we had been meeting since 89, 1989. Wow. Okay. So that group never crossed my path. And then in 2014, 2015, 
Um, I think that's when Caitlyn Jenner transitioned. That's when the conversations were happening. That that group blew up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone knew of that group, and there was all these offshoot groups, um, very lots of different variations of the group. So when it comes to trans teens in North Dakota, it it really depends on where you're at. I would recommend first reaching out to groups that are established, like the Pride Collective in Fargo, mm-hmm. or Tri-State Transgender. And then they will try to connect you with the appropriate subgroup if that group is together. Because one of the things about um, support groups in the Midwest is they can have, it's kind of, can be volatile for them um, trying to find meeting places. And sure. So, as well as sometimes the parents have their own, own issues to, sort with but they don't realize they have these issues and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden it comes to fruition Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then um there are there are churches that are supportive um yeah um i think it's really interesting anytime um there's these transphobic bills a lot of these ministers pop up in opposition of trans people living their lives but now I'm seeing a huge like uptick in ministers coming out speaking against those ministers and making sure. So yeah, so as resources in the area, I would reach out to Tri-State Transgender first. Um, Sanford, Sanford um, in um, Fargo here is a gender clinic. Oh, wow. Okay. If you are under the age of 18 and you're looking to get access to a hormone replacement therapy, you could go to the gender clinic in Sanford, um, talk to uh, Dr. Sturgill. You may have to get a referral because he's really busy. He's one of like one of the only psychiatrists in the area that can refer people to access to hormones. And then if you're older, you have the options of um, what's called informed consent. You can go to, a, I don't know if they're still active, but a place called Harbor Health. And um, Essentia has more options. So if you're under Essentia, um, you can, there's a couple of doctors in that area that will be willing to see you. Excellent. The other thing that's happening is a lot of the younger doctors are coming out um, and they, they actually have training in this now. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we were invisible. And um, that's one of the things that's been good about the conflict as well as unfortunate is that we've had to have these conversations with our counselors and our providers that these people exist and um, they have every right to exist and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I know that's a lot of information to take in. but Right. It's a valuable information. And we'll be sure, Peter, if we can, like to get those websites and resources in the description. Um, of the podcast box here and when we post it on social media. Um, thank you. I We all appreciate hearing all of those things. And if you're listening to this and you are um, a young person or an older person experiencing um, some sort of wanting to explore your gender, like just know that that's normal and that's okay. And all of these resources that Rebel just listed, these are respectful adults that are really wanting to help you and guide you. Um, I can't imagine um, giving, <laughs> I can't imagine that having those feelings and then share feeling comfortable enough to share them with somebody who betrays you or like, um, leads you astray 
And I'm sure that happens a lot, kind of like you were talking about with certain ministers or everything like that. So just know Rebel would not share these things unless they were, or these places, unless they were absolutely legitimate. Um, Yeah. yeah, Like the last part of the conversation, I don't know, um, Peter, if you have any other additional questions, but um, another thing that's really important to me that I really want to talk about is being a um, heterosexual cisgender woman myself. I really want to, um, learn more a lot about how to be a respectful ally and how to be respectful in, um, queer spaces and how to respect, um, like pride month and everything. Like basically rebel, how can we do a good job of supporting LGBTQ folks? So as just like, um, just like, uh, in being in LGBT spaces, um, it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your allyship, um, I feel like there there are people who it's like their first pride. They don't know what to do. They go to Target. They buy a rainbow shirt. They want to show up. They go to Pride and they want to ask all these questions. It's important that they have these questions, but it's also mm-hmm. important that they wait for the time and place. Mm-hmm. So think of Pride. Pride is kind of like our birthday party. We survived. We've made it. Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. somebody coming up to you and asking you a thousand questions on your birthday. Yeah. And so also imagine like people talking about the gifts that you've gotten. Like, oh, so you wanted to grow your hair long, you know, in that kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. The important thing about pride um, is that it's all about consent. A lot of people may not realize that, but so when you go up to somebody, make sure you ask for their picture. You know, if you want to talk right. to them, you ask them if you can talk. If you want to talk to somebody because they're trans, because you have a trans family member, tell them that part. And, but also look for the people who are providing that education. I mean, there might be somebody who is trans and they may look like they've been transitioning for 15 plus years, but it could be their first pride. Some people Mm -hmm. transition and it's like, wow, I was, I could hardly tell, blah, 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 all that other stuff. Um, Which is something you should never say to a trans person too, because of, you know, their identity may, like, for example, I, part of my identity is I didn't want to lose my voice. Mm-hmm. A lot of trans people, they feminize their voice. I didn't want to do that. So for me, um, even though I'm trans femme, um, use she, her female, uh, she, her um, pronouns. I, I also feel very adamant that I, I don't need to change my voice. Mm-hmm. So, but like, there are other people who like, they have a really feminine, very passing voice, but like, they might be like their first time ever using it. And they might only be trans for a month where I have, I was trans before Caitlyn Jenner. Right. <laughs> I was out there presenting. And so I had some of the, di- I had some different hardships and I might be able to guide you to better resources. So when you go to pride, if you go to pride in the park, pride in the park has booths where you can ask people in those booths about the information that you're seeking. Don't mm-hmm. go up to random strangers. Mm-hmm. One, you may go up to a woman and think she's trans and she might not be. Right. And you may go up to a a, um, a trans man and um, ask, you know, and ask them about, you know, about what's it like to be a trans man. And you could completely ruin it for them mm-hmm. because they might have thought that they had, were stealth or they just didn't want to be like, considered trans they just wanted to be considered family you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you go to pride 
um, you're celebrating the survival of somebody who made it another year. So basically a birthday. Yeah. What would you do at a birthday? Would you eat their cake? Would you try to steal their gifts? Would you ask them, you know, like, like sometimes it's okay to go up to somebody on their birthday and ask them how old they are. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. the individual. So, yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. That's a really good analogy. I really like that. Uh, Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions, Peter, how about you? I guess the other one, you might've talked about it a little bit there. um, How to be a good ally. So how to be a good ally. One of the, like is a spectrum. I guess I didn't expand on that more because I was expanding on how to be a good ally during pride, but how to be a good ally is one. Listen to trans voices. Don't speak for trans voices unless we tell you to speak for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there are times where it's dangerous for us to speak up. So when that happens, you can step in the way of that violence. But like for the most part, if you think that this is a safe place for a trans person to speak up and they feel safe to speak up, don't speak for them. There's so many, so many allies who speak for us and they, we've asked them not to. One, it's, and then also it's individual. Every trans person is different. Um, two, um, like don't have unconditioned, like don't have conditions about your acceptance. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't say like, well, well, I can accept trans people, but I can't accept them um, boxing. It's like if every trans person became a boxer, um, that would maybe increase the sport by like 0.0001%. And who knows how many of them would actually be good at boxing. Like it's a pretty like minimal statistic. So, but yeah, don't have conditions around that. Um, Be don't, be wary of policies that are being passed because policies have a huge impact on the psychological well-being of a trans person. Um, one thing to consider is when you go to your workplace, 50, about 55% of the workforce said that they wouldn't want to work with a trans person. And, uh, um, so if you go to your workplace and you somehow like put it out there that you like to work with trans people, um, that's one of the things that you can do. So like Rachel, like, like trans people are really safe with their identity. Rachel has known me for a long time mm-hmm. like, before I came out. Um, but she, she, she's probably missing about like about half of my story because I was really hesitant to come out around other people. Mm-hmm. And um, also be patient Give it time. Sometimes trans people, like when I first came out, I was biting everyone's head off because it wasn't wasn't safe. I had so many microaggressions. I didn't know who I was safe. I'd come out to this one person and then they would out me or they would say something really discriminatory. and And then I would retreat and then I would come out, like accidentally come out to this person who I thought wouldn't be safe. And then they end up being a better ally than the, you know, so... And then just because you're a part of the LGBT doesn't mean that you're trans friendly. So don't like, make sure you don't out, out trans people either. Don't out anyone who's gay, but especially trans people because there's so much rhetoric around mm-hmm. trans people that is leading to violence. Mm-hmm. So, but as a good ally, just make sure you listen, make sure you connect people to resources. Like you cannot guide someone on their transness you need to guide them to a person who's trans who can mentor them. Right. 
I've never played crickets in my life. I've watched it. I've seen it. I would never imagine like trying to be the cricket coach. <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy too. You clearly have to speak in analogies a lot to explain these things to people. And I appreciate all of them. Well, you said I'm talking to a younger crowd and I know yes. younger crowds like analogies and metaphors. And I, yeah. that, I think the beginning part of the conversation was a little bit heavy on the straightforward. So that's all right. That's all right. Um, well, one of the last things that we do for episodes, and this is kind of putting you on the spot, but if there's anything that like any projects you have upcoming or like anything you would like to plug for yourself, or if you just have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our audience now is the time to do so. This is a huge topic and giving it a half an hour is really complex. I could have given yes. you a half an hour on just what, like on how hard it was for me to get a job and so forth. Right. Um, right. We are right now, Tri-State Transgender is looking for fundraiser ideas. We will do Pride in the Park. We're planning on, I don't know if it'll come to fruition, but we're planning on doing cotton candy. And so for when you go out, new allies, when you go out, make sure when you go out to these booths, you buy from people who are gay. So like for a great example, a lot of people are mad at Target for selling Pride paraphernalia. You might, well, why is that? Well, in the 90s, there were people who came out as gay, they worked for Target and they were fired. This hypothetical story, it's not actually what happened, but like there are some organizations that are trying to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. So one of the best ways you can support gay people is when you see them selling their merch or they're trying to fundraise, you go directly to them. A lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of LGBT people have sold stuff out of the back of their cars, out of their, so out of the, their stuff but yeah um pride in the park that's where a lot of us do our fundraising so and that's in fargo i believe um second weekend in august okay for that wonderful with, and that's where you can get more education if you need to perfect. yeah perfect with that that sounds like a really good place for us to end today uh, my name is peter and i'm rachel and we'll talk to you next time <laughs>